It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. How can you achieve and maintain business growth? Harvard Business School Executive Education is now accepting applications for a new program, Driving Profitable Growth. Taking place in Boston from October 25th through the 28th, this program focuses on business expansion and organizational growth strategies that can lead your company into the future. Learn more about this three-day program for senior leaders by visiting hbs.me slash growth. That's hbs.me slash growth. Hill thinks about a transition three, instead finds Rudy. No, look, the favors for a reverse dunk. Holy smokes. Are you kidding me? A no luck to favors for a reverse jam. You are Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Locked On Jazz for 27th of February. The Jazz roll in the first two games after the break, looking absolutely brilliant. We'll break down what they're doing well. John Wall whines, but that's what the Jazz do. We'll discuss that as well. Look at some of the individual play of the Jazz and run around the NBA. All on today's edition of Locked On Jazz. How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. Hope you're doing great. This is Locked on Jazz. It's your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. We bring it to you every Monday through Friday, somewhere between 22 and 30 minutes, and hope you enjoy it. Please subscribe on iTunes, whatever Android device you might listen to the show on and or app, and then please give us five stars if you don't mind. Also, good time to tell fellow jazz fans about it. We're rolling right now, so it is a good time uh, to do that. Our show today is brought to you by Devin Cash of Equity Real Estate. We appreciate Devin's longtime sponsorship of the program. Appreciate uh, his support and what he's done for a bunch of Locked On Jazz uh, listeners. So the question now is, do I dare go to pins across the world after getting... After getting uh, trolled or deked or whatever you want to call it uh, the other day. I think I'll try, but I'll give credit, by the way. It was good. It was very good. Both of the the Austin Powers one, uh, I was more on board and knew exactly what was going on. This last one, I will agree that uh, about three-quarters of the way through, I realized, "Uh uh-oh. But it was still funny, and I appreciate it. And so... um, I, I, you know, I think it's, I like creativity, so uh, I, w- I will vote five points for creativity every single time, and so I tip my uh, hat. All right, is it possible that Lane Jenkins is going to get me? I don't think so. I put a pin in boring old Centerville, Utah. Doesn't sound like part of a TV show, does it? No. I've been reluctant to send in my pin since I'm not anywhere too exciting. I imagine sitting in front of a large map trying to find a room to squeeze my pin in because all others always decide against it. It took some self-convincing to realize that there is no map and it's just all for fun. My jazz experience starts about 22 years ago. I was eight years old. I vividly remember many nights sitting in front of the TV with my dad watching on K-Jazz. I use the term sitting very lightly. For the majority of the game, we were standing, shouting, and pacing. There were many high fives given, and to this day, these memories bring tears to my eyes. My father and I are the rare unicorn here in Utah. We are diehard jazz fans, but we were never big fans of Coach Sloan. As I've aged, I've come to realize that he was a much better coach than I gave him credit for. My dad and I had a hard time with how stubborn he was sticking to his game plan. Too many times we yelled at TV telling Sloan to leave Stockton in there for five minutes left in the third. We were only up two. Uh, 
because Stockton was a superhero and he would have averaged 48 minutes a game, right? Sloan just loved to save those timeouts for future games. It drove my dad nuts, which obviously then drove me nuts. I love the man so much and really do think he was an amazing coach, would not have been the team without him. Fast forward through the years, dodging all the bandwagon jazz fans who stopped paying attention after Stockton Malone started again during the Darren and Boozer era and then stopped again just to reclaim the rightful spot as a super jazz fan now that we're winning. I will never let the downtimes falter my vision of the Jazz. Many days have been ruined because of bad losses. My hatred of the San Antonio Spurs is at an all-time high, and I nearly cried when I heard Gordon was an all-star. This is my team, and I won't let anyone tell any, me any different. I sweat and cry with this team, and I now have a three-year-old daughter and a one-year-old son. My daughter is becoming a bigger fan uh, than I am, although she may be more excited to see the bear than anything else. She will tell anyone who will listen that George Hill is a superman who came to Utah to help everyone, and Gordon, or G-Time as she calls him, is the greatest player ever, and Rudy doesn't let anyone score. The Utah Jazz are a large part of my life. They always will be, and I've already started uh, with my own children. Can't wait for the day where I get to install my love of the jazz to my grandkids. That, and he puts in a thank you to the Miller family, that is the essence of pins across the world. Lane Jenkins in Centerville, Utah. Not not movie bumps. Uh, uh, so, sorry, I just got a strange email. So let's talk about what we've seen the last two days, because these guys have been great. Uh, the We'll start with the Friday performance uh, in Milwaukee in which uh, what was interesting to me in that game, just on the most basic fundamental level, is how much better Utah was than Milwaukee. You know, Milwaukee without Jabari Parker, they're a little limited. But that, to me, when I watched that game, that was just a case of one team being a, a considerable amount better than the other team. We just had... Way more options. We had better players. Our best players were as good, if not better, than their best players. And we were really uh, very good on that night. And uh, offensively, we were strong. 27 or 30 from the free throw line will always help your efficiency. Uh, that night, really, uh, coming out of the break, that the Jazz just they looked very, they looked really good. And that was an important win to go get on this road trip because this is three games that kind of hang in the balance either way. Uh, probably if two of them against you and one for you, and that was the one that was for you, and the Jazz went and, and took care of business pretty impressively. The big news coming out of that game was the fundamental change the Jazz made to their rotation. And uh, I had alluded to this. I had talked about it a little bit, uh, kind of mentioned it was coming, had a feeling it was coming, didn't have anything official until right before, until shoot around that day, which then I did have something official. But Joe Johnson is now playing exclusively as the power forward for this team as it is right now. Uh, so Joe Johnson and Dante Exum are coming in. Dante plays the backup point guard. Joe Johnson comes in as the power forward. Then Joe Ingles is subbing in. Uh, usually for Rodney Hood, and Alec Burks is coming in for Gordon Hayward, and that's your five, and then Boris Diaw is playing some backup four or five, and that's your 10-man rotation right now. And that, to me, was kind of the big story of that night because the minute we Joe Johnson came in the game, we got rolling. Uh, Joe was plus 10 in his six, min- six and a half minutes in the first quarter of that game, and we, and we just began to see what... Uh, and some of that was with favors, which is awfully nice. Uh, it wasn't as good. It was minus one in that little stretch with favors with Gobert. Uh, and Joe Johnson at the four has been just terrific. Uh, but we're beginning to see more favors at the five with Joe Johnson. And it's 
been fairly successful. But the big news out of that game was exactly that was the was the change of uh, of rotation. And the Jazz are now have two fundamental different lineups that are out there right now. One is this defensive stopper combination of Gobert and Favors. And then the second is this spread floor offensive juggernaut push the ball, uh, take control of the game with an offensive spread that someone has to adapt to in with Joe Johnson at the four. And that Milwaukee game wasn't close. And really, frankly, neither of the last two games have been close. Jazz average lead in the Milwaukee game was 10 points. And they were up by 10 or more. Uh, pretty much that entire game. I don't think it ever uh, got un- underneath that uh, with the largest lead, I think, was 18 in that game. Uh, they, the Jazz were great. And Gordon just put guys on posters. He had 29 again uh, and and just played terrifically. So that's the big story in that game. And then last night, it was a, the Jazz were a little bit more that the Jazz were great defensively. Uh, the offensive rating against Milwaukee was 117. Uh, league average is about 105. The defense was a 103.5, which is good. Last night, in a high-paced game, the Jazz offense does not play well in high-paced games. It did not again. But the defense was stifling. 90.4 was the defensive rating in last night's game. It's the 10th best defensive performance of the year for the Jazz. Uh, they were, And they just took Washington completely out of it. John Wall only got five shots in the first six seconds of the shot clock of the game which is where he wants to work. It's what the Jazz will have to do against Westbrook. It's actually interesting. These will be the exact, and a little bit what you had to do against Adetokounmpo. These are pretty similar game plans in these three outings because of how similar Adetokounmpo, Wall, and Westbrook all score their points. And that probably helps the Jazz uh, a little bit. The Jazz defense, by the way, has clicked back in a little bit. They've had two or three terrible nights that are... um, that are beginning to impact the, the impact of the defensive rating. But if so, the defensive rating is points per 100 possessions allowed. Anything under 100 is incredible. The best in the league, I think, this year is San Antonio, uh, who, by the way, I, I know this is kind of a cliche, but nobody is talking about the Spurs this year. Last year, everybody said nobody was talking about them, and I actually thought everybody was talking about them. Uh, this year, nobody is talking about the Spurs, and you start to float around a little bit. They're 45 and 13 on the year, and their defensive rating is number one in the NBA at 101.0. So the best, there are three defenses right now in the league, by the way, they are considerably better than anyone else. The Spurs, Warriors, and Jazz. Spurs are at 101, Warriors at 101.3, and Jazz are at 101.5. The league average defense is floating around 105.5 this year. Uh, the Jazz defense recently... Listen to these numbers. Against Washington, 90. Milwaukee, 103.5, so below the league average. Uh, anything under 101, right? 101's the best in the league. Portland, 91. Clippers, the Jazz couldn't score. Their defense was great, 94.8. Boston, they had a brutal night. Dallas, they weren't great. Pelicans, 100. Atlanta, 102. Charlotte, 101. Milwaukee, 96. Memphis, Jazz were brutal. I wonder why. That was so weird. Oh, Gasol, stretch five. We just can't deal with that. Uh, Lakers, 95. I mean, that's... So since February 26th, we've had two bad nights, one not great night, and otherwise our defense has been really, really good. Uh, it's the impact of Rudy. Uh, and that's the story of last night's game, is that the Jazz, again, these two different kind of lineups the Jazz have right now, where they can either dominate you defensively with Favors and Gobert, which is what they did last night, or 
they can dominate you offensively when they spread the floor. Last night, the lineups uh, that got everything going for the Jazz was actually their first big 8-0 run to open up the second quarter was with Boris Diaw, Derek Favors, Joe Ingles, Alec Burks, and George Hill. But this is also where the Jazz just get. This is where, again, and that's against, so last night playing Washington, the Wizards have offense starting five is the fifth, fourth best lineup in the NBA. Of lineups that have played 200 minutes, the Warriors' death lineup is one. The Warriors' starters is two. The Clippers' starters are three, which should scare people for the playoffs. And four is the Wizards' starting five. And, you know, that's not that surprising last night. Uh, but in the, in the uh, third quarter last night, they went their starters went minus nine. Uh, which does not happen very often. The Jazz just ab- the Jazz starters killed them, and that was really where the game swung. It also swung early in the second when the Wizards went to their bench, which is a very weak unit, and the Jazz able to play with the veteran presence of Diaw, two starters in Hill and Favors, and good bench guys like Ingles and Burks, and the Jazz go on an 8-0 run and take over the game. And then by the time uh, Bradley Beal only plays a few minutes because he gets in foul trouble and so they have to go outside of their starting unit. Bogdanovich comes in and in there the the Wizards close the second quarter going minus seven because they don't have their starting five on. The Bradley Beal foul trouble was mammoth last night. And the key lineup there for the Jazz then is the small lineup we talked about earlier. Now it's Joe Johnson uh, at the four with Rudy Gobert, Joe Ingles, Gordon Hayward, and George Hill last night. Uh, and so you're seeing there's the versatility of the Jazz. They the ability to just have different lineups, and Quinn is now zeroed in on this. And really what Quinn did is massaged the rotation and the roster for the first 57 games. And as he said in the coaches' show to me, you know what, uh, and maybe I'll get this for you tomorrow. It's from last night's coaches' show. I didn't think about it. Uh, you know, he said, this is not – it's time now to just make some tough decisions and make some guys uncomfortable and unfortunately – you know, everyone's had an opportunity, had a chance to play, but right now we're gonna we're gonna tighten things up and shorten some numbers, and and guys are and and we're gonna move forward. We got to move forward, and so far in two games of doing that, the Jazz have been uh, just truly, truly fabulous. Jazz starters last night uh, were plus seven, despite only shooting eight of twenty-one. Now they hit four of seven from three, so it's where shooting percentage is a kind of a not very good statistic. The small lineup with Rodney Hood, played six minutes last night and was plus five. The small lineup with Joe Ingles last night uh, played nine minutes and was plus three. Uh, So when you had Joe Johnson, either Hood or Ingles in, Hill, Hayward, and Gobert last night, they were plus eight. And yet, uh, you know, you start to look at what some of these teams, what this lineup is doing, and you begin to see, you know, the flip side is that when Favors and Gobert, Hayward, Hill, and Hood were on the floor last night, the uh, the Wizards shot 33%. Huge part of last night was Derek Favors' defense on Markeith Morris. Markeith Morris has been a little bit of the wild card on for the Wizards so far this year, and he has been able to do a good enough job rebounding, spread the floor, uh, do a lot of aspects to um, uh, make the Wizards as tough as they are. Wizards have won 18 of 22 overall. They'd won, I think, 12 of 14. Uh, they, they And last night, Markeith Morris, he just can't play. He couldn't play Derek Favors. 
Uh, Derek Favors was just so much better uh, than Markeith Morris last night. And it undid him. And I think they were plus 23 uh, with Morris on the floor. And Morris and Favors matched minutes in the first quarter. Morris came out and uh, played against Boris a little bit in the uh, second quarter and, and played the entire second quarter and got himself going a little bit in that stretch, but just still shot two of six. And then in the third quarter when he matched on Favors again, he was just he was done. So Derek, Derek really showed his value last night and deserves a huge amount of credit for how well he played uh, last night's game and pushed the, pushing the Jazz to where they were. He was really uh, – it's not his, – his box score I – mean, we, Gordon's play late and Gobert's absurd box score of 15 and 20. You're not going to look at Derek's box score and see, you know, 10 points and, and seven rebounds and, but four blocks in just 23 minutes last night. He was terrific. Plus seven in his 23 minutes on the floor. Derek was really good, and he undid Markeith Morris. By the way, another small forward guarded by Gordon Hayward goes three of nine last night in Otto Porter. You know, maybe we have to continue. Maybe people need to realize that Gordon can defend too. Uh, Gordon's just silly right now. I mean, his month of February numbers are through the roof. We are about to, to wrap up February. I don't think with the play of Russell Westbrook and the MVP candidates that he could ever be player of the month. Um, he's only 11th in the league at scoring, I think, and he's averaging 26 points a game, maybe 27. Uh, he certainly will be nominated for player of the month. And uh, But, you know, when Westbrook's putting up 41-11-11 for Oklahoma City, as he did last night, and it's pretty hard to to go give Gordon that. But in the month of February, Gordon's averaging 26 points, five rebounds, four assists, 52% from the floor, 40% from three, and 80% from the free throw line. Wow. Absolutely wow. Uh, Pretty incredible. Uh, Better not get too good. He'll end up being a third-team All-NBA. We'll have to pay him. (laughs) A little tongue-in-cheek? Maybe not. Uh, all right, so I think that kind of sums up where I am from last night's game. Uh, I want to share with you a cool email uh, I got um, the from from Andrew Thorson. Uh, he said, I want to let you know that in September of 2016, my wife and I chose to both sell and purchase a home with Devin Cash because of your advertisement on Locked on Jazz. Earlier in 2016, I'd worked with two other realtors, one of which would take a day or two to get an appointment on a house and in the market. Usually the house was no longer available or my decision needed to be very rushed. The second was very impatient, pushed me to make several other offers stating that we could always pull back the offer if we changed our minds or not sure that's the evil realtor trick of getting you emotionally invested so then you... Agree to a house. Uh, then they proceeded to get upset when I would pull back my offer. Uh, I put in that little aside there, by the way. Uh, this was a very stressful experience. We decided to pull out of the market altogether. I was listening to your daily podcast and heard your advertisement for Devin Cash and immediately gave him a call. Working with Devin was a wonderful experience. He would pick up us up from our house on the same day. We found a house wanted to see. He was so patient. Told us we he had clients who had taken up to a year to offer a house. I never once 
uh, was led to feel pressured or guilty when we chose to not offer on any of the three homes we'd see that day and probably saw 20 or more homes in a span of a month. Once we found the house of our dreams, he worked hard to help us make a quick offer and get our house on the market. Our home sold was under contract within one week for 10 k more uh, than we would expect it. With all the sales were final, we spoke about jazz season tickets that I had covered in my whole life. I spoke to him about having a young family concern I had leaving two to four nights a week, and so I ended up with a big screen television instead. That's the kind of guy Devin Cash is. Devin Cash is today's sponsor of Equity Real Estate. If you're in the market to buy or sell a house, use Devin Cash of Equity Real Estate. I think you'll be pleased with the experience you've had. That's what the reoccurring, whether it's Zach Campbell wrote to me, Charity and Ryan earlier. Uh, it's been a reoccurring theme uh, the whole time from everybody I've heard about Devin Cash. Call him at 801-759-1495. That's 801-759-1495. He originally was going to get you two jazz season tickets, but he'll make something of equal uh, compensation for you. 801-759-1495. Heck, if you have a friend who's looking for a house, tell them to use Devin Cash. Maybe they'll take you to a jazz game. Maybe a playoff game. 801-759-1495 to call Devin Cash. All right, let's bounce around the league here for a second. Uh, Westbrook, uh, people are tightening the screws, right? People, are, Everyone's getting a little bit better right now. Uh, Westbrook was mammoth last night, 41-11-11 uh, for Oklahoma City. And the Pelicans go to 0-3. Everyone said Pelicans are going to make the playoffs. Somebody didn't. Uh I, I did not expect that to happen. So here's where we sit on the West. We thought we were going to get a gift last night. Uh, Blake Griffin and the Clippers went to overtime against Charlotte last night. Griffin had 43. This, Blake Griffin is a NBA superstar and is looking every bit the part right now. And I think I, he is he is the forgotten guy uh, in the league for some reason. I mean, this is still a number one pick out of Oklahoma. This is one of the great players. In February, he's averaging 26 points, nine rebounds, six assists a game, shooting 51 from the field, 48 from three, and 78% from the free throw line. I mean, the, I, 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 we're really good right now, but boy, we, the four teams around us, uh, and if the clip and the Clippers floating around trying to see if we can stay ahead of them. Wow, what a task it's going to be to try to win a playoff series. It is it's just going to be absurd, frankly. Uh, but you look at right now, the Clippers le- uh, last night won, so they and the Jazz are a game behind the Jazz. I mean, I don't know how we're going to hold them off, but we've got to try. Got to get that home court advantage. Memphis uh, won in Denver last night. They don't blink either, so we're up three on the loss column. And then Oklahoma City, we're up three on the loss column. And them, they've won three in a row, and they're much better after the trade deadline. OKC is is much better after the trade deadline. They got, as I said, that nice win over New Orleans. Uh, Denver's not playing particularly well, but nobody's closing the gap on them. They're a game up in the loss column on Sacramento. They're a game up in the loss column on Portland. Portland's 10 games below five hundred, and only a game and a half out of the playoffs. The Pelicans are four games back in the loss column. I don't think they can make that up. And frankly, Minnesota and Dallas are still in it. Dallas has still got a chance. Dallas is two games back in the loss column, below 40%. And on the season, we're still talking about them uh, having a brief chance. Uh, But that was a good win last night for Memphis in Denver. That's kind of that mid-level team that can come and get you. And uh, so that's a good win last night. And, you know, and they've, 
God, it just these teams have just great play. This is what Gordon's doing right now. What Rudy's doing right now. They're just you, you just these teams have great players. I mean, last night. Mike Conley, 31 points, four rebounds, five assists. Marcus Gasol, 23 and six. Your big boys, Zach Randolph, 20. So what, I mean, that's where you just look at Memphis. This is where Memphis is special. They go to Denver. It's a tough game at altitude. And Chandler Parsons is terrible. And Tony Allen doesn't get it going. And Tony Douglas isn't that good. And Troy Daniel, but they're big. They're, they're three guys who played like a thousand games together in their career. And Gasol, Conley, and Randolph just muster up a way to win a game. It's just awesome. It's just, it is. It's truly kind of awesome to watch them. We're at a level here, we haven't been there in a long time, where I think you've just got to really tip your hat to the other teams around you. Realize how good you are right now, and then realize that they're that good also. If not better, honestly. I mean, Houston is better than we are right now. I don't think anyone's going to want, everyone thinks they want Houston. I was talking to an NBA coach this week and he was saying, yeah, I think everyone wants to play Houston. I, I, I don't, why? Like, they're good. They're beating people by seven points a game on average. They're 42 and 18, Houston. They're winning 70% of the games. Realize Cleveland is winning 70% of the games. Nobody else in the East is winning more than 65% of the games. Three teams in the West are winning 70%. Five teams are winning over 60%. We're one of them. We're in 63% of our games right now. The West, you know, last night was West 4 versus East 3 in East 3's building, and we crushed them. The West is still considerably better than the Eastern Conference. Considerably better. All right, that is Locked on Jazz today, brought to you by Devin Cash, Equity Real Estate. By the way, uh, really good ticket packages available on the Reunited game coming up uh, against the Knicks. They also are putting in a package to get you a Portland game. You also get a fun uh, D-League game involved with that, and there's a whole Chick-fil-A element of it as well. Uh, So that presented by Zions Bank is on March 22nd. Is the game against the Knicks? The offer includes is for $48, and you get all three of those tickets, so make sure you... Uh, grab a hold of that. Go to utahjazz.com and check out the uh, ticket offer. Click on uh, the cool little banner and get yourself to make sure you're there for the 97 Western Conference Champions Reunited game against uh, the the New York Knicks with Jeff Hornacek uh, in town coaching the Knicks for that one. Should be a lot of fun. Get your tickets for that. If you'd like to advertise on Locked on Jazz, you can email me at dlock09 at gmail.com. Have a great day. Hi guys, this is Josh Lloyd, host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. The NBA is back, so that means that fantasy basketball is back in one form or another. We've got daily fantasy, but there's also some fantasy leagues with the resumption of play with these eight regular season games in Orlando, and Locked On Fantasy Basketball is going to have you covered. It's not just for fantasy basketball, though, because we recap all of the games across the NBA, so if you're looking for a broad overview of the action across the league every day, Locked On Fantasy Basketball is the podcast for you.